Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Kyla, and you're listening to a Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us and be a part of our family. Before we get in the Word, Layla, can you open us up in prayer? Sure. Thank you. Lord, we just come before you to thank you for another opportunity to come together to spend time in your word, Lord, and to edify each other and show them what it is that you have for them, Lord, and show them the way that they should go. And Lord, I ask that you'll send your Holy Spirit to minister to each and every one of us, Lord, as we delve into your word, Lord, and enjoy its glory and its beauty, Lord, and just learn to be more like you and conform ourselves into your image, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so we're continuing our study in Jude. And with that, can I get a volunteer to read from verse 17 through the end of the chapter, please? I will. All right, go for it, sir. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly, ungodly lust. These are sensual these are sensual people who cause divisions not having oh these are sensual persons who cause divisions not having the spirit but you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit keep yourselves in the love of god looking for the mercy of our lord jesus christ unto eternal life and on some having compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of a, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. Amen. So we're going to open it up to you guys to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you. That way we can all profit from it. And, of course, to ask any questions that you may have. All right? Who would like to begin? Oh, I'll, sh I'll share then. Just, it's really neat to uh, see some of these verses, and if, especially if we look at, um, you know, in the last time there's going to be scoffers going after their own passions, uh, those who cause divisions, worldly people. I guess, um, you know, we look around sometimes and think, oh my gosh, oh, things are so bad and things are so terrible. And, um, but they were dealing with the same things then that we're dealing with now. And, um, we would be mindful to remember that people are always people. Their needs are always their needs. The example that Christ always gave us and how we should treat others and the message that they need to hear is just as relevant today as it was then. And that God is in control and his word demonstrates that, that he gives us everything we need so that we can know and understand what's going on around us. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. 
Mm-hmm. There's nothing new under the sun. Yep. And like I said, there's nothing new under the sun. And our Lord is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we shouldn't be surprised by anything. Mm-hmm. Right? As, as you pointed out, brother, our Lord is God, and he's still in control, still on his throne. And we have the, the opportunity to just come into his kingdom, to enter in and be a part of it, to be his sons and daughters, and to, to allow him to bless us, because that's ultimately what he wants to do. Yeah, we were talking earlier this morning about uh, labels and viewing people. Uh, even in our culture now, um, in the beginning of 2021, and we're finding people still want to classify and group, you know, and we want to classify and group by the generations, the Gen Xers, the Boomers, the Millennials, a, millennials and all these other things. Um, but here, this again, what I'm saying is this is people are still people. We don't need to put them into age groups. Sure, there's little um, nuances that mm-hmm. happen with differences in generations. And yes, if we can be wise and understanding so that we can communicate better and have more effective and deeper relationships with anybody that we encounter, we should. Mm-hmm. But we can't get hung up with putting labels on people. Or thinking we have to treat them certain ways. We need to listen mm-hmm. to God's word. It tells us what it is they need. What they need is a savior. And what they need is to have a faith in an in a all-loving, all-powerful, omniscient God mm-hmm. who's given us his word that is true and infallible. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Who else has something they want to share? Oh, I found verse 22 interesting. And on some have compassion making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling him out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by the flesh. That goes to something we talk about very often in this podcast about discerning and listening to the Holy Spirit and being so in tune to him. You can hear even the faintest whisper or as some would say, like even the wind change. You're so sensitive to the movement of the Lord that you notice that. And it also goes to previous devotionals and if you haven't heard them yet i would encourage you to go back and listen to them but to pray for the people in in authority and have compassion on them and and certainly speak what the lord is saying like if he's saying say this only say that don't try to add to it or say that's harsh god or Mm. take anything away but deliver the message exactly how the lord is saying it because god knows better than myself or anybody else what's going to win that person over and what's going to save them and for some people it's they understand a more frank approach and people such as myself I understand a softer approach and at times the Lord has to be frank with me like if I don't understand but he never does it in a way that hurts my feelings or is harmful to me as a person but the Lord knows that and he understands who he's created each of us to be which way is the best way to win them over. And that's ultimately what we want to do is to win people to Christ. Mm-hmm. He also understands the urgency of the moment that that individual is in, because unlike us, he is infinite and all time exists before him as it is. Thing. He always is. So we're thinking, Oh, well, I think I understand Lord. I think I know what they need, but if God is saying, I understand the urgency of the moment, you know, you guys have read Mr. Mr. Um, Wigglesworth's book, his um, with his messages in it, and there was a time where he Lord told him go sit on a bench and wait, 
And God said, when he was looking for someone, <clears throat> because, excuse me, because the Holy Spirit told him to. And then he stayed there for quite some time. And eventually this man rode by on a buggy and God said, that's the one. And he ran up and jumped on his buggy and sat down. And the man said, get off my buggy. And he said, no. <laughs> and he began to deliver the message that God had for him. And the man ended up getting saved in that instance. Well, a couple of days later, that man died. The man that was driving the buggy that Smith Wigglesworth jumped onto, he died. And the urgency of the moment was that his life was drawing near an end. And if Smith had not listened to God and obeyed him and been persistent in obeying God, the man would have died and potentially gone to hell. His day was come, you know, the day that was, this was coming in his future that he was going to leave the earth. His condition at leaving the earth might not have had the opportunity to line up with Jesus Christ if Smith had not been obedient and just listening and hearing being sensitive to the holy spirit but also the urgency of which the holy spirit gave inclination so that's that's important as well um thank you kyla and as we're looking when we're looking at people in authority i just want to say this remember that god gives everyone a chance and he does not does not take away your opportunity to choose because if he did, he would be unjust and unrighteous and therefore you would have no opportunity and there hence be no accountability, right? So even as you're thinking, you know, as we were looking and observing, you know, God's been showing us through his word how to look for identifying markers. We'll know them by their fruit. We, we talked about yesterday in Matthew. As we're looking, remember that just like God is walking us down our track. There are millions and billions of other people that he is simultaneously allowing to walk through their destiny track. He's allowing them to have those opportunities and moments to choose. So that one may be your boss that's over you that's getting his or her moment to choose. That might be your neighbor. That might be your siblings. That might be the president. That might be such and such. And the point in time that God is giving them the opportunity to make their choices are what they are, even if he didn't call them to a position that they are currently sitting in, or they've come to it by some ill-gotten means like Absalom. God still gave him a chance, and they still have the right to have that moment before their Savior, their God, just like we do. Even if they don't acknowledge him as God, they still have that right because God wants them to have it. And it's our job to keep in mind that we are the servants of a risen Savior who is good to all. And not be um, irritated or disquieted or discomforted because people are in the midst of having their opportunity to choose and it may be inconvenient or unpleasant to watch or even ungodly. It may be those things, but that is still God's place and his right to give his creation the opportunity to fulfill what he says is the plan and the goal, what he says is right and righteousness. We should be patient in that time frame, just like we would love that to be done to us, us to be patient as we go through making our choices before the Lord, choosing, conquering, succeeding, or failing, because we have that opportunity before the Lord. So he's good to all. And, you know, it's just important that we keep God's view in perspective and not how we think things should go or what they should be or what they should not be. Just Staying right solely, what does God want? What is he doing? How does he want to go about it? When does he want to go about it? And even his wise, because he will make that known to us as well. And maybe a simple answer is, he's holy. He's God. He's just. He's sovereign. And that's okay. That's sufficient.
Who else was going to share something? I was. Okay, go for it, Layla. Um, verse 20 in Jude says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And you can, you can continue reading in verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Faith is a very important tool that we have um, that God has equipped us with. That's our currency of exchange, if you will, in the spiritual realm. God can only work based on your faith and what you're willing to believe him for. Now, sometimes you may come to a point in life where you're like, um, you don't have enough faith to get something done, and you want to figure out how to build your faith up. And you'll hear people go, build your faith up, build your faith up, but you never understand what that looks like or what that means. And here, Jude is telling us, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying his perfect will, will build your faith up. And then as your faith builds up, you're built up, your character is built up, your perseverance is built up, and now you're um, well-rounded all the way around, if you will, and now you can move on to the next step with God. But praying in the Spirit takes practice. You have to have your flesh under submission and have it be quiet because it's very hard to pray in the Spirit and your flesh is talking to you. And so... To get to that place, there are other steps that have to occur. And it, it's not always easy, but it can be done. It, I've done it. Um, I'm sure mommy and dad have done it. And you, you can do it too. God made a way for you to do it. That's why he told you to do it. If you couldn't do it, he wouldn't say, build your faith up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Because that would mean he was being unjust and he was pulling your leg. And, and so... This is how we build our faith up. This is how we grow and mature in the spirit, spending time with him and in his word and in his presence, hearing what it is he has to say, genuinely hearing, not hearing your brain say stuff, but God speaking to you, God ministering to you. And then you move forward in that. Don't, again, do your own thing and go, okay, Lord, I don't need you, but just stay in step with him. And then you will find that all the other blessings and benefits will come to you. Mm -hmm. Amen. Sorry. Romans 8.26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Verse 27 says, Now he who searches the hearts know what the, knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And that's very, that's very good, Layla. Also, keep, keep reading that keep yourselves in the love of God. That's also a product of spending time in the Spirit, is it not? It is. Okay. It is one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's not the only way that we build ourselves in the love of God, but it is a good way. This is what it does. When we spend time praying in the Spirit, we are building and edifying our inward man, which is where the gifts of the Spirit come through and then begin to saturate the other parts of us, our soul and our body. So add that to it as well. 
And then we also, you do have to put your, set your trajectory, your mind, your internal thermostat and your will, if you, if you don't mind saying that, on building yourself up in these areas. And how do you do that? When I set my will, that means I set my desire, my determination, and then my body becomes engaged when I actively go get the word and begin to study and read the word. And then my soul, because it desires to learn, engages that's my mind, my will, and my emotions engage with the word that's been presented and set in front of me with my, my hands grabbing my Bible and then my eyes and my mind engage to read it. And then I listen to the Holy Spirit as he gives wisdom to help me understand. And then when you do all those things, whatever God says to you, accept it. Don't refuse it. Don't reject it. Don't push it away. But commit yourself to do what the word says, commit yourself to believe what the word of God tells you, commit yourself to reform your worldview, your internal um, perceptions, your belief systems and shape them, reshape them according to what God's word says. Now, what you wanted to say, but what he says and what his Holy Spirit reveals to you, that way you begin to ensure that you are being built up in your most holy faith. You ensure that you continue to go the right direction and following after God and don't fall prey to some of the other things that the previous scriptures um, that we were reading yesterday were talking about. And I love that he gives us the opposite side. Like we're talking about these, these fruit that are ungodly, but this is what we're supposed to be. This is how we combat that in our own lives. Because the Bible does tell us to be careful how we judge lest we be found guilty of the same thing, right? So if you yes. look at something and you, you look at the fruit and go, that's wrong, but then you don't make any measures within yourself to stay away from it, just you calling it wrong is not sufficient. Just you going, that's wrong. God said, that's not right. And then you leave and you never take to heart and go, okay, Holy Spirit, let me re resettle myself and re re-verify and validate what your word says. Let me go back to your word. Let me make sure and examine my own life to make sure I'm doing what your word tells me to do. Or um, in even acting in unforgiveness when you find that someone is doing something that's ungodly. If you harden your heart and then you begin to judge their character and condemn them, now you, you know for certain you're probably going to end up in that spot not too long from, from that time. However, if you look and then you go, okay, let me apply the blood of Jesus and the mercy of God to them. Let me pray for them. Lord, what are you saying? And I'll, let me certainly not forget what you delivered me from in my own life, Jesus. And then let me make sure, do I, when, I, when I hold up the stature of the measure of the man, Christ, how do I look next to him? Do I sound like him? <clears throat> Is my voice sounding like Jesus? Is my attitude like his? Is my disposition the same as his is my handling of my neighbors, what he requires, like he handled his neighbors. Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Am I seeking him out constantly, communing with him continually? And if you're marking all those wickets, hallelujah, glory to God, keep going. If you're not, then that's the time for you to take your eyes off your neighbor and make sure that your house is secured, your house is being repaired and continued to, to be built up in the way that God wants it to go. So it's a great point there, honey. Um, actually, there's been a lot of great points. 
And uh, one of the things that we've really looked at here is exactly what the word says. Being without spot, blemish, or wrinkle. Right? That's Paul makes note of that in Ephesians 5, 27. It says that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Now, yes, Paul in that is talking about wives, right? And our, the husband's role to a wife. But then in that is making a reference to the church. We are the church. We are the body of Christ. And the Lord is the only one that can keep us. We have to receive, and I'll say, latch on to the work that he has done. The atoning work being the propitiation for us, for our sins on the cross. But we have to latch on to that. And as we were talking, I was reminded of uh, Zechariah 3, actually. There's the vision of the high priest being Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. This is Zechariah 3, verse 1. And then Satan's also standing there at the right hand opposing him. And the Lord says to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not a branch plucked from the fire? And then in verse 3, because we brought this up, um, and it's also written, is, Now Joshua was clothed in, clothed in filthy garments, and was standing before the angel. And then he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And to him he said, See, I have removed your iniquity from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. And then I said, Let him put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head, and they put the clothes on him. And the angel of the Lord stood by. The Lord is the only one that can wash us white as snow. Satan in this, right? And this even goes back historically, and then I say that in the Word. The Lord gave very specific instructions to the priests of how they were to minister, and especially the high priests. They had um, very direct and specific rules and guidelines that, that the Lord had commanded. And one was to be without sin. If they had sin, they could not go minister before the Lord. And actually there were, I'll say, other guidelines given so that if they were with sin and as a result perished, that they could at least be pulled out from the Lord's dwelling place. And in this place in Zechariah, you see Joshua, the high priest, who was there to minister before the Lord, and the clothes that he had on were defiled. They were polluted. They were um, part of this. Well, it says it very plainly. They were, they were filled with sin and iniquity. And that's what Jude is saying here, right? And Kylie, you brought this up. They hated even the garments defiled by the flesh, by earthly things. But now Joshua and this is still ministering. And of course, Satan is there accusing. Just as you were pointed out, honey, um, Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Why are we so focused on our neighbor and what they are doing or not doing and how they're living? The Lord is the one that can uphold his servant, right? And you see that here. And took away the iniquity. And 
made him without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, white as snow. And then he still continued to minister before the Lord. And even rebuked the accuser. So we also, like, so how does this apply to us? We should be careful, examine ourselves, judge ourselves, so that we are not judged. Right? Yes. I have to move forward in faith and grow in faith. Was exactly what Jude is talking here. Only the Lord is able to keep me from stumbling. My faith, my hope, my trust, everything has to be placed in Him, in my Savior, my God, right? He's, he alone is wise, and to Him be glory and majesty, dominion and power, now and forever. I can't do it of my own will, my own power, or anything. Only the Lord can do that. And He has given and sent His Holy Spirit to help us, to lead us, to guide us. So our hope, everything that we have, has to be dependent on the Lord. So, because that's the only way we can, I'll say, enter in. Enter into all the fullness that the Lord has for us. Essentially for eternity and salvation with Him. So, it's just something I was reminded of. And um, I just wanted to share, because you see that, I'll say, played out in that moment. And this is, uh, of course, that was in the Old Testament. But again, as we pointed out at the beginning, our Lord's the same yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> there's nothing changed with him. There's no deviation. There's no shadow of turning. He is the same. And every generation, every person goes through their own um, challenges or trials or struggles. And the Lord is willing and able to help pluck whoever it is, you, me, whoever, if they are willing, out of the fire and dust them off and cover them with, with his, his blood, with his mercy, his grace, his compassion, and his love to present us white as snow, blameless before our Heavenly Father. So with that, who else has something they want to share or has any questions? Uh, I have something I want to share. Well, please do, sir. First, Lord, show me verse 19, where it says, These are sensual persons, persons who cause divisions not having the spirit. Okay, what do you want to share with us about that part? The Lord's showing me that what the... if. When they're being the, let me exactly. When they cause divisions, it's your your job to keep yourself from dividing yourself. Just like I think in First Peter or Second Peter, I talked about how there's a difference between blinding yourself and allowing yourself to be blinded. And that would, if the person causes, if the sensual person causes a division, then if you get your, if you blind yourself, then you can't go, oh, the Lord didn't do his job. Because in fact, you're doing, you're not doing what you're 
that the Lord told you to do inside of his word. Mm-hmm. That's right. What else? And I also like verse 24 and 25. How that Judah just ended his letter out the sudden end. That he ended it with praise. And went, Lord, I know you're this and that. And it's not no half-hearted praise and go. Glory to God. But that it's purposeful. He didn't go, bye. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. But there was, it was genuine. It was sincere. Uh, yes. Yes. And even if it was just glory to God, that can still be actual praise. It's the input. It's what you mean behind it. Mm-hmm. Whether you're forced to do it or you choose to do it because, well... Lord said this is what I have to praise the Lord, so let me drag my feet real quick. But purposely going, I won't, I'm going to praise the Lord because that's what the Lord told me, and I want to be pleasing to the Lord. Exactly. So didn't we discuss that in Peter where he says, mm-hmm. he, he's talking to le- Peter, that is, was talking to leaders, and he's saying, don't lead out of obligation, right? In the same yes. way, we shouldn't serve the Lord out of I'll say obligation, right? But because that is our desire, just like just like the pattern example set forth in Jesus, right? His delight, his desire was in the Lord, in the law of the Lord. And he meditated on it day and night, right? He wanted to do the things, and he said this, Jesus did, throughout his earthly ministry. I only do the things that are pleasing in his sight, right? Or that are pleasing to the Lord. Yes. That is the pattern example. That is how we, each of us, should be approaching and handling the Lord, His Word, and the things of the Lord, the ministry that He's given us. So it's a very good point, sir. Mm-hmm. And I, when I read the Word, and I, as I hope everyone does, I find great comfort in it. I don't... Um, get scared, you know, when Jude, after he was writing these things, all these, you know, that could potentially be frightening to other people. And then they could possibly lead to the question, well, how will I know the difference? How am I going to know before it's too late that someone is, you know, a a crashing wave or a wandering star or, um, or raging waves? How will I know that there's a potential predator in my midst? And how will I know if I will be able to make the necessary decisions in the moment when I need to, to avoid destruction, to avoid stumbling or falling? And then he, he brings it back in by telling them how to ensure that their election is solidified. But then he also reminds them, your hope is in Jesus. You have a risen Savior, and he is everything that he said he is. And he will do everything that he said he would do. And to leave the last, you know, the last statement is the most important statement. So all these things, yes, they're true and they're coming. But the most important factor here is God. The most important important factor that we should remember that our Savior, who alone is wise, he has all the glory, the majesty, the dominion, and the power now and forever. And amen just means let it be so. It's complete. It's settled. It's established. So be it. 
let your heart rest in that fact that when you take your place, we talked about that remaining in your abode. You left that as a question for us um, a podcast or two ago, Layla. When we remain in our our abode as Jesus is Lord, meaning I am his servant, then I can make my heart come to ease in a place of rest and let my faith in him flourish because he is exactly who he said he is. He has all the power. He has all the dominion. He has all the authority. He has all the glory and all the wisdom needed to keep us from now and to eternity, now to the end of the age and keep us from stumbling and that there's no plan that the wicked one could devise. That's the, the reference to who alone is wise. Mm-hmm. There's no plan or, or arrangement, no trap that the enemy could set that God is going to fall prey to. There's no counsel against the Lord. There's no counsel against the Lord. You can prepare the horse for battle, the chariot for the day of battle, but victory belongs to the Lord. So, you know, take your place in that. Take your stance in that and be comforted when you read it. Because as long as you're not being found to look like one of the apostates or the false prophets and you cling to Jesus... It's a, it's a good day for you. Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? It, because that's what they do. But people, the, people outside of Christ. People outside of Christ, well, they're the nations. But, yes. Um, so my job is to rest in the Lord. Do what he asked me to do and then take my place of reclining on his bosom. Letting my faith be solely and my hope and my trust being solely planted in him and realize who he is. Yes, he is a gentle redeemer, but he is also the Lord of hosts. He's also almighty God. He's also a a risen savior with the keys of hell and of death in his hand. So. Amen. Anyone have anything else they want to share? Go for it, sir. I found it interesting where, verse 18, how they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who will walk according to their ungodly lust. The Lord was showing me that what it means by ungodly lust is not talking about how they're doing that for their desire, but it's more so an active denial of what the Lord is saying and calling him a liar and how he's saying it. And it just reminded me of how Lord was just showing me that also most people do that because they're scared of what's going to happen. They think by making it sound like they're not unconcerned about it, that people will leave them alone. But the truth is they already know what's going to happen. They know what's being said is true. So they feel it's in their power to try to make other people down and try to take people with them. And the Lord was just showing me that that's not how it works. You can mock all you want, but... All the stuff still going to happen exactly as the Lord says. Mm-hmm. There's no change yet because this is what you believe in. It's always going to continue to happen as the Lord says. And how. Even if you have been in that place in your life, not to stay there. Mm-hmm. You can still continue to move forward in him and to come back to Christ. It's not just you do that once and it's over. Mm-hmm. But there's always forgiveness. But it's when you make a continual practice of doing that and calling him a liar. That's when it becomes. It's all sin. I'll say like this. But it becomes a habit that you keep doing that over and over. Mm -hmm. The Lord forgive you 
multiple times if need be, but you shouldn't make a practice of, well, I'm going to sin right here, then um, repent just to be sure that I go to heaven and I'll do sin again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, you know that I, I was a firm practicer of that. I go, don't forgive me. I would literally practice trying to say it fast enough to beat the rapture. I did, but I was still intent and planning on sinning. I, <laughs> Dean's laughing at me, but I'm telling you the truth. I would go, don't forgive me. Don't forgive me. Don't forgive me. Hopefully he doesn't come back while I'm doing this, whatever wrong that I was doing. Hope the Lord doesn't come back. So I was fully aware of the fact that God has a righteous standard and the fact that he is returning and the fact that I was in opposition to his, his commandment. But yet I still did it. And I was a practicer of iniquity. So if I had continued like that and my life had been ended, I would have certainly gone to hell because it's better to not have tasted, right? It's better not to have come to the Lord than to have tasted his goodness and righteousness and to turn away from him. So, yes, God does want us to not practice iniquity. He wants us to come to him and do righteously. However, he understands if that we are flawed and that we are going to make mistakes and fall short of the glory. But he doesn't want our, us to use that grace that he gives us and the liberty that he gives us as a means and a mode to do sinful things and to disregard him or the make light or little the blood of Jesus and the payment that he paid for our sins. So, yes, you're right. You are right. And there's no big sin, little sin. Right? But there are things that will bring about judgment and destruction faster than others, which is you know, what he's referring here. Make distinctions. The urgency of the this time and the situation of what's being done. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So thank you, sweetheart. So I just encourage you, right, as you were pointing out, sir, to bring it back into the Lord. Let him cover it with his blood, right? Repent. Turn to the Lord. Come into alignment with Him. We don't have to remain far off from Him or separated from Him. He desires that closeness and that that relationship that's personal, deep, intimate with Him. He wants that with you individually. Not through anyone else. Just you and Him. So, I would encourage you to come into that. He'll wash you white as snow, right? Mm-hmm. We've covered that in here. And that, that's something he has said from the beginning. We have to be willing. We have to choose that. So, uh, I'll leave you with that for today. For the, As we wrap up this lesson, or the study in Jude. Mm-hmm. Just encourage you to, to do that, to begin your relationship with the Lord. And if you have any questions, please reach out. You can email us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com. And we would love to hear from you and to pray with you and encourage you and just watch the Lord build you up in Him. So, with that being said, can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Kyla. Well, we just thank you for today, God. And we thank you that you know our hearts, God, and that you know what will win the hearer's heart to you, God. Mm -hmm. We ask that you sharpen each of our minds, God, and the minds of our listeners, and 
help them be in tune to you, God, so they can hear and be so in tune to you that they can discern your movement, God, that they walk in what it is you have for them to do, God. Lord, I ask that you give grace to our leaders, God, the ones that are in authority over them, God, that you watch over them and you you move their hearts, God. Allow them to act in a way that glorifies you. We ask that you keep them, Lord, and their mm-hmm. families, God. In your name, Lord Jesus, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. We are definitely keeping each of you lifted up in prayer, and we'll continue to do so. So we love you. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.